Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11, wow, 11, of the One Love Art Sessions. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you have been here before, welcome back. Uh, no matter who you are, make sure you go ahead, like, and subscribe. Uh, add this podcast to whatever podcast platform you love listening to. If you don't have one you love listening to, pick one and throw us on there as your first one. Uh, as always, I am James LJ, artist, designer, Halloween fanatic, daily sneakers app loser. I uh, am the co-host of the One Love Art Sessions. I've been an artist and a designer in the New York City area for the past, I guess, 15 years. Uh, I am one half, as always, of the One Love Art Sessions. Uh, so if you've never listened before, I'm going to throw it over to the other half of One Love, the, the 0.5, the the butter to my toast uh crespo crespo why don't you say hello to everyone <laughs> what's going on one love community i'm candido crespo family man artist and educator and the other half of love thanks for joining us in the event this is your first time here james and i put together a virtual series called the one love art sessions um, our goal is to bring talent and community together for creativity heart-to-heart -heart discussions and chill vibes this time we're going at it alone uh, Jay and I will be discussing a specific topic that we feel is pertinent to us as uh, the co-creators of One Love Art Sessions, and that is specifically community. In the creation of One Love Art Sessions, uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring artists and community together. That community, uh, while the term may seem vague and the concept can seem vague, in our particular case, it is it's for those people who wanted to engage in conversation with artists, wanted to engage in conversation in general, support art, support the arts. Um, and we're just looking for something to do during the pandemic. So things have changed a little and so has our podcast and the purpose of the art sessions. So we've been adapting the same way the world's been adapting, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, in the beginning, uh, we were, our live shows were kind of popping and, you know, like the, like the, the pandemic goes as the outside started opening up, we started seeing that we were only at a 25% capacity. Uh, so we made a decision to shift a little bit, which actually is, is, is worked out. And I think which has been fun doing this to be honest with you, because, you know, building something from the ground up, you have an idea and you have a plan and then those ideas shift the plans get monkey wrenched. Uh, and then because you own it and you're able to just do whatever you want, you kind of just shift with it. So I think it's been cool because it's been a mix of us paying attention to what's going on and, and how people are responding to what we're doing. And then also with that response comes, you know, their critiques. Uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I personally think that we've been pretty uh, receptive and adaptive to what people have been telling us especially since we've been probably the most critical of our own of this of this project ourselves so sometimes what other people will tell us we've probably already been off that deep end i guess the complications of, of not knowing exactly what one love was going to be and i think to date we're still kind of messing with that idea because uh like we just finished explaining it's just constantly evolving and i'm okay with that and i, I think that i think that's that's good because even the show's depending on who our featured guests are, those conversations can take us in a different direction. So there's no real two episodes that are alike. Even the episodes that we have part one and part two, those conversations are significantly different. And it's, I mean, everything 
progresses and grows and changes, right? So um, when you're in the midst of something, it feels so new, it feels so crazy, and it feels like, uh, you know, shiny, right? And then things change, things evolve, and then you go back. Like, I think recently I went back and watched, like, a few episodes of The Wire, and I was like, man, this, this it's like pixelated. Like what's, what's up with this thing? HD, what's going on? But I remember watching it when it came out and I was like, wow, this is so clear. This is the clearest thing ever. But then like life evolves, things change and the new normal, right? That what that bar keeps, that bar keeps moving. Right. right. And right. what, what success looks like keeps moving. And I think, you know, that's the kind of connection I'm trying to make here is, uh, what success looked like for our first episode is wildly different now, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be wildly different in two weeks and in three weeks. And then we'll go back one day and listen to episode one and be like, man, this is, <laughs> you know, what's this, this is 720p? What is this? You know, you know, it's that's bound to happen because even, uh, let's say, the more veteran podcasters, uh, podcast shows that I listen to, uh, they always say that. And the funny part is if you get a new listener for your podcast – and they are feeling your show, right? So they listen to the newest episode. They're like, oh man, these guys are putting out some pretty good content. They're gonna, <laughs> there's a likelihood where they go all the way back to the, episode, the first episode to start listening. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna give them a totally different show. So it's gonna happen, man. And, and I think it's good though, because then the listener gets to see how much the actual art sessions have progressed, what has changed. And they get, uh, they get a feel of, of who we are and what we're doing. So I think it's a pretty cool insight. Um, and, I should say that we've also gotten a lot of positive feedback. People are, are, are interested in what we're doing. And I think that's good because th- that was the whole point is, is we want people from uh, a diverse, a diverse community um, that are willing to listen to, to what we're doing and listening to the messages that are being shared. Because our guests have had some wonderful things to say regarding the topics at hand, the profession, and, you know, sometimes the conversation goes into a different direction and, in those places too, we find ourselves in some great conversation. Before we jump too deep into today's topic, which is community, as a segue into community and still talking about community, I think we'd be remiss not to, you know, we were just talking about how this came about during the pandemic and things have changed. We're still very much in a crazy point in the world. I think mm. um, I was just reading that, that France hit an all time high at yeah. like 8,000 new cases. Um, it's like the highest ever, oh. right? So obviously we're still in this crazy place and yeah. community, right? Yeah. And one of the, the biggest things, one of the, the biggest thing that I'm seeing, like if I go on my Facebook right now, especially the biggest thing I'm seeing in my community is uh, school. Mm. Like kids are going back to school now. And yep. you know, you're a teacher, obviously you have front, front row seats <laughs> to a lot of this stuff. So I mean, how, you know, what's going on with that, man? I'm seeing, it's crazy because I'm seeing all these uh, first day of school photos like you usually do on Facebook, right? Yeah. But these kids are like in their living room and they have their little corner that they're learning in and other kids are like, you know, maybe going once a week or it's like, it's nuts. Uh, so yeah, so what is, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> let, let, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, so it's tough the first thing I want to say is uh, it's weird. It, it, it's It's been weird leading up to it. It was weird on March, th- you know, earlier in March when we first went into, into virtual learning or, or distance learning. Now 
no, I don't know of any two school districts that are doing things the same way, but I can speak from my personal experience. And what we're doing is we're doing a, we're doing a hybrid model and a hybrid model is um, the high, the secondary portion of, of the school district, which is middle school and high school at 25% capacity. So if you are, you know, let's say you're assigned Monday, you know, let's say you're assigned to Mondays. So you come in only on Mondays and then the rest of the week, you're doing all virtual learning. In, okay. the, ele in the elementary level, they do, we're doing an AB day. And so that means we, we're functioning at 50% capacity. So um, whoever comes in on Monday will come back in on Wednesday. Whoever comes gotcha. in will come in on Thursday. And then Fridays <laughs> is virtual learning for everybody in elementary. Gotcha. So it's a big learning process. It's a learning process for everybody. Um, the mask, uh, wearing in school. The kids have been very responsible with it. I, I know there was there were some questions about how do you, could you expect the kid to wear it. I'm going to say this piece right now. I think adults are more, child, are more provide much yeah. more challenge than kids do. Um, yeah. The kids, if you if so, you know, respect is bidirectional, right? So if you ask a kid to mm -hmm. wear a mask. <laughs> You know, he or she will do it, especially if you lead by example, right? Why not? You know, yeah. you're doing it. But I, earlier today, I was putting some mind to it too. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I'll come back. Is you know, let's say pre-pandemic, teachers were always telling students out, put away your electronics, put away your electronics. But then they would be texting in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There's some complications there, right? It, yeah. We have to leave. Do as I do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work like that, right? So, anyways, same thing. Uh, with the mask, I, I, I would hope that both teachers and students are being as responsible as possible because just like the name of the show and like you reference community, we should be we should be protecting each other, especially in that environment. So it's it all starts at home, though. Right. Like, like this thing with kids wearing masks. Right. Like there's always going to be kids in class that act up and they do things. Right. But, yeah. but for the most part, a kid won't do anything in class that they aren't really allowed to do at home right so like they'll act up they'll do crazy maybe they'll push the limits a little sure. bit but like if a kid's not gonna come in and start like you know writing on the wall if they don't write it on the wall at home but if at home their parents are like whatever write on the wall oh, that kid's more likely to come into school and write on the wall because mm -hmm. they don't know the boundary but if a kid has a structure where their parents have already kind of you know predisposed them to like this yeah. is what you're supposed to be doing yeah and kids by nature everyone is telling them what to do anyway so yeah so i mean there's always going to be kids obviously that act up that yeah. push the limit that defy you know authority a bit and that's normal but yeah i, I never really saw that as i never when people saw that especially like i come from a background going to private school i went to mm -hmm. catholic school okay and i mean you know when i was in high school if i came in and like i had 12 o'clock shadow they made me go to the office and shave wow, where I had okay. to leave. Like, yeah. you know, there was, there was no games. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I had a, a uniform I had to wear. Like, but to me, like, I never went to public school. So it was nothing ever weird about that. Okay. When I tell certain people, like, the rules I had in school, when they went to public school, it kind of throws them off. Right. But if that's all you know and that's what you're taught, then you're like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Why, why wouldn't I do this? Um, sure. And a lot of these younger kids probably don't even, like – they remember probably pre-pandemic, but if it's, you know, they don't have the same type of memory grasp that, that we do. It's very <laughs> just like, you know, what do you mean 
eight months ago like whatever i'm six like i don't yeah. know what eight months ago was yeah. <laughs> I, what are you talking about yeah uh, so actually um we we had that discussion um in our school because uh, there's there's like this this want or this desire to do pretty heavy like social emotional learning but just like you said uh, it's hard to place emphasis on that if kids are not traumatized some kids were just mm-hmm. unaffected you know and and will come later on i don't know but for now the kids are are, are okay you know and and so and so that as teachers we have to do our best to make sure that they continue being okay and we don't have to like bring them to somewhere that they haven't been right and creating this this uh a situation that maybe they never experienced all right did i answer your question i, I believe so I believe so. That was that was a nice uh what, twenty minute tangent, but I think it's, it's important, man. It's like well, we'll come uh, back to it, right? Because I I think it's important that um I want to share my experience uh, of the classroom. It's pertinent to our podcast, our sessions. It's yeah. art, art related. It's the yeah. future part. It's yeah. Your art teacher going through the pandemic. Yeah, you know, our teacher going through the pandemic. The topic so, is community. Like yeah, it's well, well I'll probably be able to tie it back in again. But let's do this. Okay. Let's let's uh let's build off of what we already had coming into one love, right? So we've mentioned in other previous uh, episodes that we had existing art lives prior to one love art sessions, and that would have essentially been the community that we came in with, right? So that that's that that is our foundation. So what would you say was the makeup of your art foundation, art community coming into one love art sessions? I think it was a hodgepodge, to be honest with you. Um, And the more I thought about this topic of community, the more I questioned whether I ever felt like I was ever really part of a community. Mm. I've been part of groups. uh, I've been affiliated with organizations. um, But yeah, I kept going back to this idea of community. Have I ever felt like I was, have I ever even used that word? Like I'm part of this community. Uh, and I couldn't think of a time that I did. Uh, so the, mo- the the closest I can come to this is a hodgepodge of different affiliations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my art, quote unquote, community was just people, organizations, groups uh, that I've met or connected with along the way that I've utilized in certain ways. So okay. you know, these could be friends, these could be resources, uh, so I guess, you know, when you put them all together, some people may, that's your community. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if I've ever looked at it like that, but. Okay. From, you know, this is obviously you and I have a longstanding, uh, history, but uh, so uh, let me, let me ask about these two, these two specific groups then, because you're a designer, so you have worked yes. with other designers. Do you consider yes. that a community or is that just staff? Like, how do you see it? uh yeah i i've always just looked at it as fellow fellow designers or colleagues my job is very interesting so i work for those that you don't know what i work for uh you know at the top end an international shipping company i work for maris um but the product i worked on i work on currently uh is in collaboration with ibm so uh my colleagues, quote unquote, are both on the Maersk side and IBM. And IBM actually, they're the group that I work, you know, on and off with on their end is the IBM blockchain design team. 
Um, and they have, they have these, uh, these design sessions, I guess, like every two weeks or so where they all come together and wow. someone throws up their design and they critique it. And, um, and to be honest, like, sometimes I'm really in the mood to do that. And sometimes I'm just not. Okay. <laughs> and I think, and that, like that to me, I think if I looked at it as a, as a community, cause it's their colleagues, but they're, it's the community of different designers kind of just critiquing work. And I've thrown my work up there right. uh, once or twice, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, 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 I just look at them, fellow designers and colleagues, I guess. Okay. And then, so here's the other thing. Again, because we've mentioned these things, Lot Shop, is there a longstanding um, or, or was there an impact or something that resonated with you as a result of that period of time that's still pertinent today? Uh, I think Lot Shop really... Uh, exposed me to a lot of street artists and uh, different artists that I still follow or, you know, talk to today. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, one of our past guests, uh, uh, Chris Robots Will Kill, uh, that was through just different research and stuff and meeting people and learning about different things through Blot Shop. Uh, you know, yeah. So I think... I think the longstanding impact was pre-Blot Shop. Uh, I knew here and there about different artists uh, in New York City, but I really started deep diving, um, you know, learned about like the, you know, different groups that put together some of the street art that's in like lower Manhattan. These are like actual groups that come together and find these walls or these doors or, and then they grab an artist like, you know, before that, I guess, just being in New York, sometimes you become desensitized to things and you just sure. don't really question anything. Like how often so do we go to Statue of Liberty, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but also with art, like, I would just walk by it and see it and be like, that's cool. That's dope. That's awesome. This is cool. But it never stopped. And like, how, how did that get there? Because mm. obviously, like, some, like, and I'm not talking about someone going up and, like, tagging the door, like, you know, in the under the covers of a 3 a.m. night, like, you know, doing some work somewhere. I'm talking about real kind of quote-unquote commission stuff, like something that'll be in the front of a bakery or on the, you know, on the wall of a, of a store. Yeah. These are things that the owners knew this was going to happen. Uh, and then so I started to learn about stuff like that. And these artists, and like, these are, you know, a lot of these artists are the same artists. Like it's, it's a group of, there's a lot of them. It's a group of the same artists. You can kind of see them all around. So like, yeah. if you go through lower Manhattan, um, I haven't been in a bit because of the whole pandemic stuff, but at a certain time you would see a lot of like jerk face and yeah, robots just will kill. Jerk face was everywhere. Everywhere. Um, was everywhere. But that was because he was affiliated with this group and they would call him and be like, yo, there's a door, there's a wall. There's a, uh, and I thought that was really cool. And that goes back to the idea of community. I think that's awesome. Like they built this community of street artists that their main purpose was to one, fill New York City, lower Manhattan with art and two, expose people to these new artists. Yeah. Um, or these, you know, these New York based artists, which I thought was really cool. All right. So let, let me share a little bit about uh, the foundation that exists for me. So professionally, first, I'll say that uh, the professional learning networks, we just refer to them as PLNs. Uh, it's something that you have to 
um, volunteer yourself to be exposed to. So, so like, let's say um, there are different art organizations in New York or, or nationally. NAEA, which is a National Art Education mm -hmm. Association, right? You want to be a part of that if you're a teacher, if you're an art teacher in the United States, because it gives you access to maybe curriculum, maybe lesson plans, uh, discounts on conferences, and it also gives you access and the opportunity to build relationships with teachers nationally. So you can be conversing and learning from teachers anywhere in the in the country. And then there's more like, I guess, local. So in our in our case, there's a, there's like a Suffolk County um, Art Association that would be something that I would want to be part of. I was part of it in the past. I'm, I plan to join it again, especially now because it, it works as a great support system. Everybody's going through this new experience of teaching, and I and what I have found on the Facebook groups of art education is that, with the exception of <laughs> opinions on Black Lives Matter. Uh, we can we can we can come back to that. Uh, so the Facebook groups have been super supportive. I mean, there's teachers who are full on like saying, "This is my curriculum for the school year, and I only want the best for you guys." So here, take it, do with it as you as you want. Which is crazy heartfelt because that means that that person has spent an insane amount of time over their summer trying to prepare themselves for an experience that they don't know if it's going to be how it's going to be, but they want to make sure that their their colleagues are doing okay as well. So I thought that was, I thought that was amazing. It's been super motivating the entire summer to see all these teachers helping each other out. But that's not really my foundation. My foundation in art has always been family. Not so much that I have family members who do art, but they've always given me the opportunity to share art, uh, have always supported me in art, and have always attended whatever, whatever I was doing. So whether it was local shows um or live painting to er to anything in in you know uh major cities where i have full-on art shows they would try to make it they would try to be there if they couldn't be there they wanted to help me promote it which i thought is super important because these are the people who can push or pull you away from the thing that you love at a very early part in your at a very early stage in your life and so my family i was very fortunate that my family was super supportive Following that would be the collectives that I was part of, and specifically the two that come to mind are going to be um, my Five by Five collective and the uh, Alegria collective. But something happened that was a little different than your experience with collectives. I think what came out of those collectives were friends, not necessarily a continued experience in making art, but definitely uh, like strong bonds. And I think it's that. I think it was that we had this shared experience that we can build on, but we were all at a point where we were going to deviate from art for a little while. What mm -hmm. we wanted to be in each other's life. Okay. I, it's, it's, it's been beneficial to me in that way, because then when I am ready to launch or get back into something artistic, I can knock on their doors and say, hey, I need your support, or are you ready to get back to work? Which is amazing. Um, because sometimes we just need that as well. Sometimes you just need that one person who is just like, hey, uh, are you relaxed enough? Are you ready? Do you have some new ideas? How's that sketchbook looking? Yeah, I don't, I definitely, from the collective, you know, gained friends and people. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say like close friends, definitely acquaintances or mm -hmm. people I could definitely tap for things. Um, you know, someone like Paul Fresher who was, you know, 
before he did the collective, he was out there doing art. Yeah. Um, but then after that show, he like really started connecting people and kind of blew up. Um, it was kind of, it's, it's, it was cool to see his, you know, growth as an artist and where he is now. Um, kids is, is popping right now, which is awesome. But I remember from what I, and yeah, Jose can come on and correct me if I'm wrong. I think he reached out to us mm. like, Oh, you guys are doing this thing. I would love to be part of your show. Um, and to think about that now, and the kid is like selling out stuff, yeah. which is cool. Um, but I think beyond like, oh, friendship with people, I think it, it's given me access to a lot of these artists, sure. you know, so I can hit someone like that up and ask them for a favor or, you know, um, support them, but feel like I'm supporting the person. You know, so like I recently got like a shirt from them and stuff and I hit them up personally like, oh, you have any of this left? Like I would love to to, to cop yeah. this. He's like, yeah, yeah, just let me know. Like, um, so it was just cool. And that was, that was one of the, that was one of the main goals of the Blood Shop Collective was to break that barrier between art and artists um, so that people can come to the shows and talk to the artists and ask their questions and feel connected to the artists rather than just looking at the art. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you know, that was always the goal for the people coming to the show. And in that, I, I guess I started to do that as well. So I was able to start to connect to these artists that I previously just saw their work, um, which was cool. So um, in, in funny enough, in the beginning to uh, going back to what you were saying. So for design, there's AIGA, which is like the uh, international, I don't know it's international, it's like whatever, it's the big design. Like if you're a designer, you're part of AIGA. Um, like you're a member of that. And you just reminded me that I need to uh, get a membership again. I had a membership back in the day and I don't remember. I want to say probably I didn't renew it because I was a broke designer at some point. Um, but yeah, that just reminded me I got to go back and check it out. I remember when I was younger, I definitely had a membership and there was some great resources. Uh, but being a young broke designer, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you start looking at your budget sheet and uh, you know, I don't even think it's that much. I think I was paying anywhere from 50 to $150 a year. Uh, but when you're, you're making nothing, <laughs> that's like, and that's a lot. That's ramen, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so definitely got to look at that again. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do that. And then you, you asked me about community again in four months and I'd be like, this is my community. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right, let's move into the present tense then. Because for, this is episode 11, One Love Art Sessions is going. We're months into this project now. Still very young, but it's happening. Um, we are meeting people through the podcast, through our social media pages. We are uh, we're meeting new artists that actually came to us that we are working with. And uh, we have some artists that are lined up. And by artists... Let me say that One Love Art Sessions has now expanded out of the visual arts realm, right? So now we're talking poets, we're talking actors, directors, producers, uh, musicians, which is interesting because now uh, our, for whatever our community was prior to One Love Art Sessions, now we didn't just dig deeper into our specific genre. Now we're looking at, you know, what, how is art defined and how does that community support each other? In the last episode, uh, our topic was creativity, right? 
um, and what is creativity to you. And I think that, that again, is the foundation of, of art and artists, right? So someone who does something that is creative is an artist. Uh, that, ne that doesn't necessarily mean that they put pens to paper. Uh, they could be doing anything from, from dancing to, I don't know, playing the flute. Uh, you know, you know, it can be, you know, you watch America's Got Talent. There's people that got crazy, wild things that like, how do you even know you're able to do that? Like, have you ever <laughs> seen someone do something and you're like, how did you figure out that you were good at that? <laughs> I still, I still feel that way about flexing, like that dance style flexing where people are just like bending like rubber bands. I, I still yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what made you get to that point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's, yeah, there's people, artists that draw upside down still bug me out. Oh, like, what about those people who like who like they paint on the canvas and then you don't even know what it is until they spin it? Yeah, yeah. And you, like, how, what? Do you, how did you, you know that? that? Yeah, how do you? It's <laughs> wild. But I, I'm digressing a little bit. But yeah, so so the idea of creativity and you know you're creative and whatever your creative outlet is that makes you an artist and there, you know, that's there's limitless definitions to what that could be. Yeah. Um, so so our pool of of guests. Uh, you know, we, we're going to pull them out of everywhere. <laughs> so, okay. So first we should say that uh, even if we knew the people who have participated as guests so far, I think what the podcast has allowed us to do is strengthen our relationship with them. So whether we knew them before, like, let's say on episode one, my relationship with Mike and Andy, they're like, they're like really good friends, brothers of mine in, in the realm of art, in the community of art and in our community where we grew up. So there's some over, there's some overlapping, um, there's layers there to that, to those relationships. But Chris RWK, before one of our sessions, I knew of his artwork, but I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. He was, cause he's super cool, was willing to, to give us a shot and, and wanted to participate in the podcast. And that was great. And, ha and we've since have, have had a growing relationship with him mm -hmm. and so it, it, there's benefits to now being and maybe creating a new community so when i say one love community one love art community in the beginning of our podcast while i'm referencing it throughout the show i mean it because we're i feel like we're creating something maybe not necessarily new but in addition to yeah and uh i agree i think it's hard to to get into too much details about the about the present tense of our community because it's it's ever changing and if you're here with us you're part of it so you can see you can witness what's happening how it's changing what it looks like you know what does it look like on facebook what does it look like on twitter what does it look like on instagram what does it look like when we were going live you know and and who are you sharing a podcast with who are you sharing the conversations with like all of that you're if you're a listener now, you're participating and you're helping us grow in that direction now. Yeah. And I think, and I think with that being said, like supporting us or being part of the community of one love, you know, you may not be a podcast person and that may, may, it may give you a feeling that you may be deterred to, to engage with us. Um, but I would say, you know, connect with us on any level that, makes you feel comfortable right so maybe one person will listen to every podcast and that's how they support us so that's how they're part of the community maybe someone else you know what they love doing is throwing out art challenges so you know join our facebook group 
and throw out our challenges to people or, you know, ask provocative questions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, follow us on Twitter and, you know, maybe retweet our stuff or whatever, like, however you feel like, you know, you can contribute or be part of the community. We want to make sure that you feel comfortable doing that. Um, so it's not a, you know, one size fits all uh, idea. <laughs> I think that's so important because one of our sessions didn't initially start as a podcast. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's not even in the name, right? We had to expand the name. It became One Love Art Sessions podcast. Yeah. I think this is where we could, I think this is where we can transition because uh, I want to say that we can start looking into the future and thinking of what One Love Art Sessions could look like. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think I, I saw it initially, um, I knew we were going to do it starting a pandemic, but I figured, or, or at least I was being an idealist and thinking once we are out of the pandemic, this would be a really cool event to do not only live, but in person. So we get, uh, you know, we, we rent out a space or we get a space or we host it at a brewery. We have our artists there live and we're having a panel discussion. Everybody's drinking and socializing meeting each other it's a networking event slash chill session because that's ultimately what we want and and i think it can it can take those forms in the future so i'm interested in in seeing where one love art sessions goes because that's also different than the one love art sessions podcast you know we got two different right. going on all right True. so one of the things that i think that you and i are going to start participating in i've done in the past but I feel a little bit different now because because now I'm not just representing myself. I'm representing one of our sessions, and and as participating in monthly challenges. Monthly challenges have yeah. been crazy phenomenon on social media that creates community in it of its own. There's people who they they can't wait until this specific month comes up so they could participate. The one that just passed was August, and so people were there was a there was a a specific topic for every day of the month of August um, that had that pertained to a ghost and you you created your illustration painting drawing about that specific one. one of the more popular ones that is going through a little bit of controversy right now is Inktober and um, I think we said that maybe we'll we'll probably be leaning to a draw Halloween which is another one yeah. so in case in case I'm not clear about what these monthly challenges are once again However many days there are in that month, you have a specific uh, subject or, or topic and you are creating artwork based on that. Yes. So you're ready for that? Yeah, man. I mean, so people that know me know that like I I can draw, uh, but I'm not a big pen to paper person. I'm not a physical person. Um, so when I'll create things, uh, illustrations, things like that, I'll use Illustrator. But also, I, I got to be in the right mindset. Um, but as you know, recently broke the bank, got myself this iPad Pro. I got the the, the pencil, um, got the Procreate. Yeah, I got a bunch of brushes. Um, so I think I'm kind of hyped because it's kind of mixing, you know, my world of, you know, Illustrator with this pen and paper thing. Uh, so I've never done any of these monthly challenges before, and I'm kind of hyped to do it. Uh, you know, I spend like a good half an hour to an hour every day just 
randomly doodling things uh you know mostly it's like i don't know words and stuff but it's, <laughs> i don't know it's, i think it's with everything you know when i first learned photoshop when i first learned illustrator sketch uh i look back at the first few things that i did and it's a bunch of trash like i remember when i learned sketch i think i was just making boxes and i was just like i don't know how this works but i'm gonna keep touching buttons until i figure it out um, and then eventually I figured out and it's fun. And then I'm like, oh, I'm a master at this. So that's right. kind of where I am with, with Procreate. Now. But I think doing this challenge, because um, that's the other thing I, I, I told you is I want to draw things, but I really suck at thinking like, what am I going to draw? So that's how I end up like sitting there for an hour drawing squares. Because yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this thing. So if I have like a prompt and they're like, oh, I'll draw a werewolf. I'm like, cool, I can do that. I'll draw a werewolf. Yeah. So Okay, so like I said, I've participated in the past, and I think one of the more challenging, one of the more challenging thing is, um, it requires discipline, but it doesn't teach you discipline unless you're willing to do that, right? Because okay. you're expected to do a drawing every day for that month. Now yep. I don't know the last time you've done a drawing every day for a month, but that's a commitment. That would be the month of February, <laughs> especially since. <laughs> um, they're not just sketches. They're, they're really supposed to be, in, in, in an ideal world, they should be finished pieces. So people yeah. work small, you know, in order yeah, to, yeah. it doesn't matter the dimensions that you're working. It's, it should be a complete piece though. And so there's people who set aside an hour out of their day to do some. There's some that are already sketched. They have blue drawings done in preparation for the month, right? So, but, okay. Something to look forward to. I hope our I hope our listeners, our audience, and our community look forward to to seeing what we come up with because I would love to share it with them. But you also have something else going on. Well, we have some other things going on that we're going to be balancing alongside. So why, why don't you share with us your project that you uh, just recently rejuvenated? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we spoke about this on the show before. We yeah. spoke about this on the show before. So it's a it's a it's a series that I think I started the idea for it had to be about five years ago at this point. Uh, so it's trooping. It's this idea of, of mixing stormtroopers with people from pop culture. So the idea that I had back in the day was um, we tend to uh, critique and, and look at people and, and base our judgment on people a lot of times based on what they do or their uniform. Or, you know, so you see the traffic cop and it's like, you know, fuck the traffic cop. Yeah. Fuck the police. Like, um, but then like other people's like a doctor, he's so nice. And but the doctor can be an asshole and the you know, the traffic cop can be, you know, the nicest Sweetheart. person in the world. Um but at the end of the day, it's just their jobs, right? And for certain other people, whatever, the IRS, whatever, these people just they just want to check, you know, and uh and I was probably watching one of the stupid reality shows. I used to watch one of those shows where uh it was like a the traffic people in Philly, right? Okay. And these people used to like yell at them and scream at them and be like, you gave me a ticket, F you, take this boot off my car. And these people were like, bro, it's just my job. Like, leave me alone. Um, so I just, I did like stormtroopers, right? Like they literally are just like futuristic dudes with a nine to five trying to pay bills. <laughs> but they're like the evil people in Star Wars, right? They're like, oh, gotta kill the stormtrooper. Like, they kill stormtroopers, like, yeah, they killed 30 of them. And it's like, bro, you just killed 30 people that were probably just trying to, like, make money to feed their daughter. <laughs> like, really sucks. So, 
So the right. idea came about, like, what if they took off their mask at the end of the day and it was someone from pop culture or a character from a movie or celebrity that you loved? Like, what would your thought? Like, would it change your view on them? Uh, so originally the, the project was supposed to be uh, big uh, screens, which I'm still planning on doing. Uh, but you and I were talking a few weeks ago and you were like, yo, you should just, you should make stickers, bro. Like, these would make really cool stickers. And I had done... Uh, one of them is Kanye West, and I've done stickers before. And when you said that, I was kind of like, yeah, like, I've been dragging my feet on this. It's really easy to, like, let's see how this turns out. So I released the first set. It's out right now. Uh, James, L-J, J-A-M-E-S-E-L-J-A-Y.com uh, shop. Uh, so there's a bunch out right now. There's a bunch more coming out. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of exciting. People have been really amped about it got some orders in so it's cool uh got my professional packaging i'm like a i'm a cool guy bro like <laughs> i'm about to start an etsy shop or something I don't know. so i'm excited about this project i feel like it's something that that is going to be a, a big hit and i'm looking forward to hearing the feedback that you're getting from it because i know i'm over here just throwing all the flowers at you about it <laughs> I don't want you to stop. So I'm glad. So I want people to see it, though. I want people to, because I, because it's fun, it's thoughtful, and it just looks good. So I think it, it's there's something there. Now I'm I'm trying something a little different for myself as well. Yeah, I mean, um, the, yeah. So let's not let's not gloss over your thing, right? <laughs> so so um, mine is a little bit a little bit more of a challenge for me personally. It, it was an opportunity for me to step out of my comfort zone. I wanted to create a character that could be eventually become an iconic image. What I mean by that is, uh, we'll think about we'll think about the greatest of all. All right, when when somebody sees Mickey Mouse, you know exactly who he is, what he stands for, and how he dominates. Right, but then you can think about somebody like let's say uh, one of our one of our past guests. When you think of uh, you know uh, robots will kill, and you and you see Chris's robot character. You know, that's something that you know, you see, he can modify it however he wants, and you'll always know, oh, that's Chris's work. And so I, didn't, I never did that. I never put myself or challenged myself to work on something so specific because I've always thought it was important for me to be flexible as a teacher, since that was, my, that's my, that's how I, you know, that's how I make my money. That's how I make my living. I'm in the classroom with kids and I need to, oh, maybe I don't need to, but I feel it's important that if a kid says, I want you to draw Spider-Man, I can kill it in the comic world, or if a, or if a child says, "Hey, I just want I just want a, a plush stuffed animal," I need to, I want to be able to do that for them as well. So, but I've never taken the time to say like, "Oh, you know, I want to work on something for myself, something that I can be consistent with." So for like, I want to say for like the month of July, I kept drawing this character over and over in styles of artists that that I appreciate, that I respect, and that I want to explore. And what I realized is, um, looking back on it, I still don't have a definitive look for that, for the, the scaredy pants character, which is three ghosts <laughs> in a pair of pants. And it, it just goes back to the, to the same exact uh, thing is that I want something flexible. So for me now, what's more important is not so much the look, but the concept. So how can I apply three ghosts and a pair of pants to other things. And so I wanted to play with pop art. So that's my current project right now is modifying things that exist in pop culture and seeing how I can add these three ghosts to it. So uh, I did a, a Charlie Brown piece. 
I've done a Super Mario a Brothers Pipe piece. I have a Mickey Mouse one. I'm working on a Casey Jones at the moment. And I'm just having fun with it. And it's giving me an opportunity to step away from teaching, to step away from watercolor, and just work on something that that I think can be fun. I wanna I wanna be in the convention scene as a uh, as a vendor, not so much as a as an audience member or a customer. I wanna feel what that's like. I want that I wanna know that experience. So for me, this scaredy pants project is is my opportunity to test a field that I've never been able to break into before. So that's what I got going on. And, uh, and I, no, and, I, and I, you know, I love them. I think they're dope. Thanks. Um, I would, I mean, I would disagree a bit about them not having a style. Like, I feel like the style comes from their personalities. Mm. I feel like each three of them always kind of, they, they have a distinctive uh-huh. kind of personality to them. And I think, yeah, you, you draw them a little differently each time, but each of them kind of play their own role, which I think is fun and cool. Um, and I, I don't think you need to, necessarily confine yourself to this is exactly what they need to look like um uh, and what you've done so far is, is super fun and i think from my standpoint um it's something i always wanted to do and i've never been able to figure it out like i've always wanted to have like a character mm-hmm. and literally like i'll sit down and I'm like i'm gonna figure something out and i just end up drawing squares bro yeah like, it's just <laughs> it was done um so when you came with this idea um you know, and me being like a Halloween fanatic, I was like, Jesus, I should have drawn ghosts. Like, I've been sitting here for 15 years trying to figure out what to draw. And this kid's like, oh, I drew three ghosts. And I'm like, oh, ah. <laughs> like, I'm That's- over here like, Gee, what should I draw? Should I, should I draw a raccoon? What should be my thing? Should That's funny because I'm a Christmas guy. <laughs> I, that, yeah, that's, that's funny that you said that because I'm a, I'm a Christmas guy. So this has this has actually made me appreciate Halloween a lot more. I'm super <laughs> excited about right now about yeah. like the autumn because I'm thinking like oh I can thrive right now. I could take this character yeah. like in new places everywhere. Uh, I'm excited. Awesome. Now, okay, let's let's bring it back a bit. The reason we mention our projects is because. We are participating in, in addition to the, to our personal projects, we're going to be taking on these monthly challenges, which has a community of their own. That's going to be something new for us because what we're hoping is to do greater outreach. So while we're enhancing our abilities and skills, we're hoping that it leads to more relationships for One Love Art Sessions. Yeah. Um, I think something that, that I have been trying to do recently that we haven't had an, as much response, but maybe it's because Maybe it's because our community is uncertain of whether or not we mean it, but uh, we want suggestions. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a listener or you're part of our community, we want you to tell us of artists that you know in your lives or that you admire that you would love to hear from because we have a platform and, and we might be able to get them on to have a discussion with us. And so if you know somebody that you would like like for us to reach out to, please like let us know so we can we can try, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'd be, we'd be willing to engage with that person because there's something to learn from everybody. Yeah. Go, going back real quick. Okay. And this idea that we're going to do this, like, so we, we have already this idea of doing this monthly challenge. It might be cool to throw that out to the people that are following us so far. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's, let's throw out the prompts beforehand. Oh. And say, hey, if you want to do this too, 
do it in response to this thread and we can have one big thread and then maybe we fun. can just put those on like our instagram like here's like the six people that participated in today's and this is what they came up with That's that might be fun. you know and it doesn't matter if you're drawing stick figures or you you know you're rembrandt like it's just a fun way for people to just let loose a little bit right maybe a fun little thing yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that's a brilliant idea. So, so what we'll do is, uh, I think we've agreed that the one we're going to do is draw Halloween. So we'll yep. post that up on our on our social media accounts. And if you're interested in doing it, take a look at the list. Let us know so that we can support you, and we can continue to communicate and support each other through the process. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we can make some stickers out of it. Mm, something mm. to do. Okay. Follow- yeah, if you if you draw something cool, we'll make you some stickers. We'll make you some stickers. <laughs> Following other podcasts. So um, this is this is where I'm going to shout out two different podcasts that I listen to. Um, the PTTP podcast that's out in in the West Coast. Okay, they they are focusing on music and street art, and in kicking the creatives, which is over across the pond. And what I like about their two podcasts is. Um, they're doing essentially what we're doing a little bit different, but they're creating communities of their own as well. Kicking mm-hmm. the doing something real special because they have, they have their social media uh, based around the idea of existing communities. So with these monthly challenges, they promote, they promote whichever ones they feel are beneficial for that month. So let's say the month of September, they have a list of four different challenges that you can participate on and they will support you in those endeavors and, and they are interviewing artists and they're talking about the things that they're doing. And then over on the West Coast, what they're doing is just, they're just uh, pumping out episodes where they're just introducing street artists to their listeners. And it's great because you get to meet these people that are otherwise are just a stencil on the wall. That's just an yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But you get to see, you know, you get to at least hear what's happening behind the scenes, how that person thinks. And if you're a real big fan of, of, that, of that particular artist, um, and you're interested in their thought process or their artist process, it's a great opportunity. Why I mention these other podcasts is it's a great opportunity for us to support one another. So something that I would like to do in the future is work with these podcasts or other podcasts that are building art communities of their own and let it, allowing us to overlap as well. So we'll, we'll be giving our listeners an opportunity to hear maybe what's happening on the opposite side of the nation or across the pond as just two examples. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, for something a little bit more serious is the things that are missing. And, you know, uh, I'm going to make this a little bit more personal. And, and you can f- and I, I, I think you should I think you should approach it that way, too. Um, I don't want to put an, a blanket or an umbrella over this because you and I are still individuals as much as we are the one love art session. Um, but what I have found the most difficult thing to do up until this point is having um, women artists on. And prior to One Love Art Sessions, I thought I was, I thought my, my existing community was pretty diverse. But now that we're, we're entrenched in this project, I look at the people I follow, I, I'm thinking about the people that I, I socialize with or I have associated with, and it, it's something that's really missing. And it, it, for a moment, it was frustrating thinking, oh, how, why is it? But then I, I took a step back and thought, oh, this requires some self-reflection. Why don't I have these people in my community? 
and what am I going to do that's a little bit different? So I'm trying to build relationships now, creating this, uh, creating um, a transparency on, on what we're trying to do at One Love Our Session, building relationships before I start asking people to join us so that they can, they can believe in what we're doing or at least feel comfortable with what we're doing. Because I think that One Love, especially because of the name of it, it should be a safe place, a safe space for anybody. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm saying, I'm saying women artists because it was the first thing that came to mind and what I was missing. But we could go down, we could go down the list of things that, that maybe uh, we haven't done yet or haven't changed yet or haven't explored yet in order to make One Love Art Sessions a safe space where more people would, would want to participate as guests, more people would want to support as community or, or just, uh, you know, be a part of the experience. I don't know if you want to step in right now and say a little something. Yeah, I think, I mean, thinking really quick and rolling decks up my head of all the artists I follow, I feel like I do have a diverse, I have a diverse amount of artists that I follow. Okay. I will agree when it comes to the relationships with some of these artists, it's probably not as diverse as it should be. Right. At the same time, I would probably have to, take another step back and really think about that more because I don't know if, if if you ask me right now like oh let me know three LGBT artists that you know you're affiliated with and I may know some but just because they are their art may not be in that realm right so I don't really define them as that yeah. I don't know if that's I hope that's coming off right but um but yeah, so so I, I think I would have to take a step back and really, because just because you identify as something doesn't mean that, you know, sure. I know a lot of people that identify as one thing, but they, they don't want their art identified as that because right. it's two separate things to them, right? Like, same thing with women artists. Like, um, they're not making women art. They're, right. they're making art. And I've heard a lot of, you know, artists that I know say that. This is not, you know, this is not fucking female art. This yes. is art. It doesn't matter if I'm male or female. Right. But then there's other there's other women that are very much like I make feminine art. Like my art is to speak to, you know, either the struggle of women or, uh, you know, what it is to be a woman in the world today, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, uh, with that said, yeah, I think, I think I would have to take a step back and look at the group, but definitely I would say off the gamut, I definitely follow a lot of, diverse artists mm -hmm. i probably would have to do a better job at connecting with some across the board that are a bit more diverse um and, and this would give this is a great opportunity for me to do exactly. that exactly that's exactly yeah, what i was about to say yeah um because as much as it is uh you know it's on it i don't know I want, I want to say unfortunate because maybe, yeah, I'm going to use unfortunate because we may have missed out on some, on some great relationships leading up to this point. But, but now we can see, uh, we can see where, where there's a void and we can work towards uh, changing that. And, it, it, and of course, it's going to take work, right? Because there's, there's much to learn, um, especially when it comes to identity you know, how somebody mm -hmm. wants to identify, whether it's them personally or how they want their art, art, artwork to be identified. So there's some research that's going to have to go in on our end as far as familiarizing ourselves with terms, familiarizing ourselves with movements, and just making mm -hmm. sure that we are uh, the whole people that we should be um, in order to create this overall environment where one love isn't just 
isn't just a name, but it's indeed, it's indeed the underlying, uh, you know, it is the foundation of what, what One Love Our Sessions is, you know, so it's not yeah, just yeah. the logo of the one in the heart, but people feel like, oh, this place is a, this is a place of love. And, and, and I, I want, I want us to get there. And I want our listeners to know that we are on our way. All right, Jay, I think we're at the point now where uh, we should probably put a, a cap on this episode, but it's not necessarily the end of the conversation, right? Because this is going to be something that's ongoing as well, but it can be embedded into future episodes. So community, it, it's something that we're working on. It's something that we're excited about and we hope you're excited about. So I'm going to let you do what you do with, with our segment, but I, I wanted to have some fun with this one as well. Oh, yeah. I about <laughs> you told me you were going to do this. Okay. So, uh, so I guess this is your idea. So we always put the artists to the flame at the end of the segments um, with our uh, copy collab erase. Uh, so I had no idea that you want to do this with us. So you now do <laughs> me, do my 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 feet under the fire so today's copy collab erase uh and you didn't pick artists you picked uh programs software, yeah. program so we have copy collab erase microsoft paint adobe photoshop and procreate yeah so am i going first or you going first uh, i'll go first because i because i obviously had a i i was able to cheat and come up with my my answer a little bit Okay. A little bit early. Um, I'm going to go with copy for Procreate. And the reason okay. I want to copy Procreate is, uh, I don't know how they did it, but they created an affordable program without a subscription that people are creating mind-blowing artwork on. And they only continue to get better. The, up, the, the updates to the software come up at no cost the tools are are amazing and what, whatever tools they don't have people are creating and building and selling and so you can just continue to boost your you know um what you have just like we, we mentioned a brush you mentioned brush sets earlier um so my copy is going to be pro, uh it's going to be procreate my collaborate is going to be microsoft paint because because every time i think of microsoft paint I can never just skip over it. I always, I always think I always have to acknowledge it for what it is and for what it was worth and, and, and know that I was making on that before I made anything else. And Photoshop, I'm going to erase with this, with this underlying idea is that if Illustrator would have been out at the same time as Photoshop, I think I would have committed to Illustrator immediately. So, okay. So I'm copying Procreate, I'm collaborating with Microsoft Paint, and I'm erasing Photoshop. Okay. Uh, I have the same exact answer to you. Uh -huh. My rationale is a little bit different. Okay. Okay, so um, definitely copy Procreate. I think um, just, yeah, if I, if I, I'm looking at it as if I were to make software right now, like you said, it's an amazing idea and just the collaborative like aspect of it. And the, it's just a seamless piece of software oh. that's like I'm running it on an iPad. I'm not even running it on a desktop. Like I, in my professional career, use Sketch on my Mac. They don't even have Sketch for iPad. Mm -hmm. 
like is crazy. It's it's yeah. Don't even get me started on that. You love the sketches and all here. Um, uh, I would collab Microsoft Paint. Um, because I think, I think, uh, and I use the word collab in a very pop culture sense. Sure. I think we would want to make like a Microsoft Paint 2020 collab software. Mm -hmm. um and it would sell out and then people would have to buy it on StockX. <laughs> uh, and i would absolutely erase photoshop um any designer who would not fucking erase photoshop because anytime that you're on it in a group or something is working out and that fucking software like just closes and then you know, you know for a fact because you took screenshots. You know for a fact that you told Photoshop to auto recover all your stuff and it doesn't auto recover. My man, <laughs> Adobe, Adobe, you're the devil. And the fact that Adobe, every piece of their software, the interface looks different. Like they don't all, like, do you guys not all work in the same office or something? Like, why? <laughs> why are the the shortcuts different on illustrator than photos like it's craziness um yeah like photoshop i gotta when i resize something now in the new one i don't have to hit shift if i hit shift it actually doesn't keep the constraints really illustrator i still have to hit shift <laughs> Fuck photoshop. erase it done with it um yeah if if another if procreate came out with there, if Photoshop create, I would jump shit so fast. Um, and I actually used to, I mean, Photoshop used to be the software that I use to do web design. Because before right. Sketch, that's yes, how you yes. did it. And that's another reason why fuck Photoshop, because <laughs> those files were massive. They were yes. huge. Um, and I used to be so angry. Like, if you've ever had to design a website interface in Photoshop, like, you deserve a raise. Like, go tomorrow and tell your boss that you want to raise because you deserve it. Because um, Jason, the day that I found Sketch is the day that just. I think I only I only open Photoshop now to Photoshop my friends' faces on things. <laughs> that's the only reason I use it. So that's my copy collaborate. <laughs> All right, Jake. It's <laughs> been real, man. It's been real. I mean. Uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. To episode eleven. Um, if you don't know now, you know. Make sure you hit up onelovearthsessions.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, One Love Art Sessions. Twitter, One Love Art Sesh. S e s s. Whoever has One Love Art Sessions on Twitter, we are coming for you. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was actually too long. Hey, we have a we have a Facebook group and you know anybody who uses social media knows that all th those three platforms that we just named are different. If you are looking for a different perspective of our, of the One Love Art community, maybe the f Facebook group is for you. So give us a search, look for us, One Love Art Sessions on Facebook as well. Yep. Definitely. All right, and Apple, Spotify, all the majors. Yeah, and looking towards Amazon. We're looking towards Amazon, Amazon. in the Amazon. future. You're going to be able to listen to the podcast on Prime. Oh, baby. Two days. All right, everybody. <laughs> Take care. Thank Bye. you.
Love Art Sessions couldn't have been complete without the wonderful guests and even more so, our wonderful community. And now you, our listeners. Our goal is to put out an episode three to four times a month based on the event schedule. We hope you are as excited for the next one as we are. We'd truly appreciate it if you took some time to rate and review the podcast. With your help, we could increase listenership and get these incredible stories and messages out to a greater audience. The music used in this podcast was created by Pound, a.k.a. Christy. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. One love.